My name is Erin Kenny. I am a registered dietitian, holistic cannabis practitioner, and master of nutrition science. Welcome to my podcast, Nutrition Rewired, where I share cutting-edge, practical advice to improve your health and debunk myths to help you rewire the way you think about nutrition and wellness. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Welcome back to the Nutrition Rewired podcast, where I will be discussing probiotics, prebiotics, symbiotics, and postbiotics. So let's dive right in. Probiotics are the live microorganisms that, when consumed in adequate amounts, confer health benefits to the host. Probiotics can be found in a variety of different food sources, things like yogurt, sauerkraut, kimchi, kefir or we can take them in supplement form. The biggest difference between a probiotic supplement and getting probiotics from foods is that with a supplement, we have a better idea of how much we're taking and what strains of probiotics we're taking. So for example, if you are taking a probiotic supplement, you grab the bottle, you look at the label, it'll tell you lactobacillus, bifidobacterium, saccharomyces boulardii, You'll see the different types of organisms, whether they're yeast-based or lactic acid bacteria that you're consuming. And they're also going to quantify the unit, maybe it's 50 billion or 20 billion colony-forming units, which is how we measure the total amount of probiotics in a supplement. Whereas if you go into your fridge and you grab a bottle of kefir or kimchi, you're not going to be able to see the exact strains and amounts of probiotics that you're taking. So the supplements can really allow for a bit more targeted treatment and give us an idea of what strains we're taking for certain conditions, which can be very helpful, especially in my practice. The use of probiotics has gained a significant amount of attention in the literature, and there is a growing body of evidence to support the health benefits of using probiotics. A systematic review published in the Journal of Clinical Gastroenterology examined the efficacy of probiotics in improving gastrointestinal symptoms. And what this review found, it was a multiple randomized control trial. It found that certain probiotic strains like Lactobacillus raminose and Saccharomyces boulardii showed positive effects in reducing symptoms related to conditions like IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, as well as diarrhea. I have used probiotics in my practice for so many years, but not every client is taking a probiotic. So it's important to understand that there's a time and place for them, but not everybody needs to be taking one. There was a recent research study that came out, I think it was in the Journal of Nature, or I think the journal is just called Nature, and they had found that consuming multiple servings of probiotic-rich foods was able to lower inflammatory markers in the body significantly. I don't know about you, but I am not consuming that many fermented foods in a given day. So for a generally healthy individual, I think consuming probiotics from foods can be really great. But if you are struggling with specific health conditions, if you're like me and you grew up on tons of antibiotics and you just have a really bad predisposition to more GI issues, 
I personally think that probiotics can be helpful as a maintenance thing to help support your particular gut. Another study published in the Journal of Nutrients focused on the impact of probiotics on mental health. And I love talking about this, especially because I've struggled with mental health myself, and a lot of my clients do as well. The review uh, that was published in the Journal of Nutrients concluded that certain probiotic strains like lactobacillus and bifidobacterium exhibited potential benefits in alleviating symptoms of anxiety and depression. Now, this gut-brain axis, which I've done an episode on before, it consists of this complex network of signals and pathways that facilitates communication between our gut and our brain. So you can kind of think of it like this walkie-talkie. And we have found that probiotics can help with mental health in a variety of different mechanisms. Number one is simply the production of neurotransmitters. So there's certain bacteria in their gut that actually produce serotonin and dopamine. In fact, 90% of our body's serotonin is produced in our gut. The probiotics can also help to modulate the body's immune system, which regulates inflammation in the body. And chronic inflammation has been linked to the development of mental health conditions like anxiety and depression. So those are just a few mechanisms as how probiotics could be a potential tool for patients with mental health or mood disorders. So I like to think of probiotics in three main classes. You have your spore-based probiotics, the yeast-based probiotics, and the lactobacillus bifido blends. The spore-based probiotics contain a type of bacteria called bacillus, which can form spores that protect them from harsh environmental conditions. So they're really great because they can survive the stomach acid, they reach the intestines, and they've been shown to support the immune function, reduce inflammation, and improve digestion. I'll often use a spore-based or a soil-based probiotic for patients with SIBO because they've been shown to have really strong antimicrobial benefits while supporting the gut immune function. The second class, the yeast-based probiotics, contain a type of yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. This strain has been shown to have several benefits, including supporting digestive health, reducing diarrhea, restoring gut balance after antibiotic use, and improving symptoms of inflammatory bowel disease. Additionally, it may help to boost the immune system and reduce inflammation. I always use yeast-based probiotics for patients with low secretory IgA, and I always use it for patients with H. pylori. A research study found that Saccharomyces boulardii supplementation as an adjunct to antibiotic therapy for H. pylori was shown to be more effective than antibiotic use alone. Lactobacillus bifido blends are the third one, and they're the most commonly used, the most well-researched, and they're often found in the gut and in fermented foods such as yogurt and kefir. The bifidobacterium strains are commonly found in the gut and are important for the development of the immune system. These strains have been shown to support digestion, boost immune system, and reduce inflammation. They may also help to prevent and treat antibiotic-resistant diarrhea and other digestive disorders such as irritable bowel syndrome. The lactobacillus strains have also been shown to be really beneficial for things including mental health, IBS, and lactose intolerance. 
So this might be a really good blend for patients with constipation. It might be good for just general immune support. It also might be really good for patients who have just undergone an antimicrobial treatment because we're putting those good guys back in. Which one that we choose is typically based on stool test results, your symptoms, and to be honest, some of it is kind of trial and error. Some signs that you're not tolerating a probiotic could be that after a few weeks of giving it a try, you're still having really bad gas, indigestion, maybe you're having constipation or diarrhea that's not getting any better. So it's important to pay attention to your symptoms and make sure that you're working with a provider to note anything that's changing as you're implementing these supplements. Moving on to prebiotics, prebiotics are dietary fibers that serve as food for the beneficial gut bacteria promoting their growth and activity. Prebiotics can be found in foods like chicory root, garlic, onion, asparagus, and certain whole grains like oats. Incorporating prebiotic-rich foods into your diet can help support a healthy gut microbiome. Now, there are certain individuals, patients like SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, who may find that these types of prebiotic-rich foods actually exacerbate their symptoms. Maybe they make them very bloated, gassy, and this is a sign that there's some underlying gut issue going on. When it comes to prebiotic supplementation, a systematic review and meta-analysis published in the British Journal of Nutrition examined the effects of prebiotics on gut microbiota composition. The analysis revealed that supplementation with these prebiotics actually increased the abundance of beneficial bacteria while reducing potentially harmful bacteria. So these changes in the gut microbiota composition are associated with improved gut health and overall well-being. Another study published in the Journal of Nutrition investigated the effects of prebiotics on satiety and weight management, finding increased feelings of fullness and reduced caloric intake, which could produce some benefits to the host for healthy weight management. Now let's explore symbiotics. Symbiotics are basically just a combination of probiotics and prebiotics to enhance their beneficial effects. Symbiotics work synergistically to promote the growth of probiotic strains by providing them with the necessary nutrients. So for example, you may notice that your probiotic supplement has chicory root fiber in it, and this is exactly what a symbiotic is. It's a combination of putting the two together. But we also see this in certain food sources. So let's say you were to have a bowl of yogurt for breakfast and you put some oats in it some granola, for example. That's an example of a probiotic. The yogurt is the probiotic and a prebiotic, which is found in the oats. A randomized control trial published in the Journal of BMC Gastroenterology evaluated the effects of symbiotics on gastrointestinal symptoms in patients with functional constipation. They found that symbiotic supplementation significantly improved bowel movements, stool consistency, and overall symptom scores compared to a placebo group. So this might be a reason for you to take a probiotic that has a prebiotic in it. Some people find that they don't need to take a prebiotic supplement with their probiotic, and this could be due to the fact that they're taking their probiotic with a meal, for example, that is fiber-rich. It contains prebiotics in it. I take mine at night, so having a prebiotic in my supplement is really helpful. So there's research to support the use of both probiotics, 
prebiotics and pro and prebiotics together. Another study published in the Journal of Clinical Investigation explored the effects of symbiotics on metabolic health, and they found that symbiotic supplementation, the pro and prebiotics, improved insulin sensitivity, reduced inflammation, and positively influenced markers of cardiovascular health in individuals with metabolic syndrome. So we see a lot of benefits to supplementation here, but we ask ourselves, could we just see these results with consuming a diet rich in prebiotics and probiotics? It really depends on the person, and I do find that probiotic supplementation can change the game for some people. And last but not least, we have postbiotics. So postbiotics are bioactive compounds or metabolic byproducts produced by probiotic bacteria during fermentation. They include substances like short-chain fatty acids, enzymes, vitamins, and organic acids. So while probiotics are the live microorganisms and prebiotics are their food, postbiotics are the beneficial compounds produced during fermentation. So it's really the end product of what's going on with the benefits that we see from the pre and probiotics. Some research shows that the benefits of postbiotic supplementation could include reducing inflammation and inflammatory bowel disease, promoting gut barrier function, enhancing immune cell activity and cytokine production, antimicrobial properties, helping with cholesterol and glucose metabolism, and helping with skin issues, things like atopic dermatitis, acne, because of their anti-inflammatory and antimicrobial properties. It's not often that I will supplement with postbiotics in my practice, because there are a lot of different foods that we can eat to increase the production of things like short-chain fatty acids, but butyrate is probably the one that I've supplemented with the most, especially in patients with inflammatory bowel disease or patients who have high calprotectin on their GI map. Research shows that short-chain fatty acids can really help to reduce inflammation. From a dietary perspective, these are a few foods that you can include in your diet to support the production of short-chain fatty acids like butyrate, which is an example of a postbiotic. Dairy, dairy contains butyric acid. Cooked and cooled starches, so let's say you cooked potatoes, rice, or oats, then you completely cooled them, and then you heated them back up to enjoy them you've now increased the resistant starch in those foods, which supports the production of butyrate. Underripe bananas, plantain flour, other whole grains and legumes, all great ways to increase butyrate production. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you learned something about how to navigate probiotic, prebiotic, postbiotic, symbiotic supplements, and understand that It's personalized to each individual, but the research is very promising in the use of these for many things from immune function to mental health to inflammation and chronic disease. So we don't want to discount their benefits and consider supplementation as tools that may be helpful in our treatment plan. If you are interested in working one-on-one with me or applying for the next coaching program, you can go to nutritionrewired.com where you can also find my gut-friendly cookbooks. Thanks again for tuning in, and as always, don't forget to share the health.